Hello, have yourself a merry little Christmas. Oh yes, the trees here looking tremendous. We are into the festive season. You're very welcome to the football show here on Belfast Live. Once again, mentor legend Paul Lehman is here. And who is our special guest? Is it Zorro? Is it the Lone Ranger? No, it's Coleraine midfielder Brad Lyons, who's back from injury after breaking two cheekbones in October. Brad, you're very welcome. Thank you, Jaggy. You can take Thank that you. off now. Is it easy to get off? Yes, not too bad. So it's not. Right. Amazingly, five weeks after getting that injury, you're back. Yeah. Um, surprisingly enough, five weeks. I uh, thought it'd been a lot longer, and so did everyone else. Even the consultants were saying it's probably up to 12 weeks the injury and stuff. Oh. But uh, thankfully, back, fit and well. And whose idea was this? Um, it was actually Oren's and the chairman's, to be honest. Uh, we've always thought about the face masks because of these injuries and stuff, but uh, we didn't know if there was any companies. But a big shout out to Alan Miller and Peter Reid, our club physio and doctor. They'd done a lot of research when they got the injury, and thankfully they, they found a company in Belfast that made them. We'll talk more about that later in depth and about your career as well. We look back, of course, at the start of the programme. I was there on Saturday, as you know. Coleraine winning at Carrick by three goals to one. How did it feel for you to be back starting? Yeah, it's an amazing feeling. Um, I'm actually very, very thankful, to be honest, because it was a it was a serious injury I had, and I think I'm back fitter, stronger, and more happier, to be honest, because of the serious injury. Uh, it's just an amazing feeling to get back in the pitch. Even better feeling to get the buzz of my stay back with the, the boys up in the bus and stuff. But thankfully we got the three points, which made it a wee bit better. He's like a new player coming back, isn't he, for the for the club? What a boost! Yeah, it's a massive boost, Jackie, because people were starting to ask questions of Corey and the lost Brad and and the one Bradley around about the same time and yeah. two key players for them. But you know they've still been on a, a great run since then. So to have Brad back again, it's it's a tremendous boost for him. And he's already made an impact in the in the games. He's he's, he's started on Saturday and got a goal and made an impact when he came on against Crusaders as well. Big player for them. He certainly did. He had a big game. Corey got a goal after three minutes, but. To be fair to Carrick, they made you play. Yeah, Carrick, I was saying um, earlier before the interview, Carrick were the better side in the first half, if I'm perfectly honest. Uh, they put it right up to us. Yes, we got the first goal, but they made it very, very difficult. We couldn't get playing our style of football that we wanted. Um, they passed it around. It's a tight pitch. They made it very difficult. Then they got the goal, which made it harder. But then, thankfully, Arntrader made a great clear or goal line clearance, mm. and I think it changed the round from that because uh, later on in the half we went up and scored ourselves, and just before half time, two one going in, yeah. defeats them I mean, a wee bit mentally. How did it feel for you in injury time? I think it was at the end of the first half, corner, you masking all header, <laughs> two one. What a great time psychologically to go in front. Yeah, exactly. It defeats them mentally and then it, make, it gives us a buzz in the changing room. I think it changes Orange team talk just a wee bit as well because I don't think it was happy with the first half performance. It can't but, have been. No, but uh, on a personal level, the goal is a great, great feeling because uh, it's been a long five to six weeks of being out and uh, thankfully I could repeat with a goal and celebrate with my family behind the net. Yeah, I, was, I saw that and I didn't know who they were, but who was there? Um, my mum, dad, brother and uh, my brother's girlfriend. And they just happened to be behind yeah. that goal. 
thankfully they were behind the goal, so I got a wee hug off my mummy. And you did, <laughs> you did a Zorro job. Yes, yeah, so I've done a shot a bow and arrow up, up into the air, but I might change my celebration for next yeah. week. Yeah, had you no worries at all about going for the header with the mask on? Um, well, last Saturday against Crusaders, um, there was a wee bit of doubt in my head coming on. Um, but the first couple of touches I got were actually with my head. And after I got them first couple of touches and I, I got a couple of bangs then against Crusaders and stuff, after that I knew mentally that was fine, physically it was fine. So I just went around playing my own game and it didn't affect me one bit, no. And you played well like man of the match. Coleraine, six points clear. We keep asking can they do it and so on, but they may have got the staying power. They definitely have, Jackie, so far, and they're, they're still playing well. They're, you know, it was a difficult fixture for them last Saturday, as Brad said, on a difficult pitch, and the game was a lot tighter than the scoreline suggested. But again, they're answering the questions every week. It's a busy, busy period coming up with games over the next five, six weeks, and I think if they can get through that and still have that gap at the top, they've got to think to themselves we've got a great chance here. Mm. Next match, Crusaders 1, Glen Torren 0. You were there, feisty. Very feisty, more in the second half. I mean, Crusaders didn't play well, Jackie. It wasn't a great game of football, I have to say. It was, there was real lack of quality, and certainly in the first half. Glenn Torn had two massive chances in the first half from Robbie McDade and Callum Burney to go ahead. Hey, you can't they, do that. No, they weren't clinical enough, and you always thought you know Crusaders will get a couple of chances, and that's what happened. Jordan Forsyth took his goal really well, and you know Crusaders got 1-0 in front, and I think it was game over from there. But, you know, as you said before, it was a feisty game. There was a lot of confrontation in the game, a lot of niggle, but not not a great game for the, yeah, for the I mean, football players. From what I'm told, Glenn's gave it a real go, but Stephen Baxter after the game was saying, well, they really came here to boot us off the park. Those are hard words. Yeah, I think, I mean, Glenn's horn sort of set up as a 4-5-1, so they're trying to frustrate Crusaders. You can't really go and play open football against Crusaders at CV. You've got to be nice and solid to stay in the game, and Glenn's horn went and done that, and I think that frustration from Crusaders and you know, Glenn Thorne were dogged, and there was a few, let's just say, there was a few feisty tackles in the game. You know, between both sides, and it's always a feisty game, Glenn Thorne and Crusaders, there was no love lost. Yeah, uh, Glenn Thorne manager Gary Haver, and he was saying, had we taken our chances, particularly in the first half, we could have come away with the three points. I mean, it, yeah. it, was it that sort of game? It was, he'll be disappointed, because, you know, goals change games, and, and if Glenn Thorne had got in front in the first half, it might have changed the whole game. So, and I've seen them a few times this season, and that's been the their Achilles heel, they haven't taken their chances and then they haven't been able to get back into the game when other teams have scored against them so Gary will be really disappointed in the result but he'll be more, he'll have a bit more heart about how they played, they actually went there and you know they, they were strong in defence and they were dogged and you know he needs to see more of that from Glen Thorne. Well, Brad what do you make of Crusaders, I mean they've been there and done that the last couple of years yeah, Exactly, they have the experienced players all over the pitch now um, <coughs> Their defence is solid. They'll soon give you a kick, as Paul was saying. They'll soon kick you off the park as well. But once you go the other end of the pitch... He said that, Stephen, not me. <laughs> <laughs> once you go the other end of the pitch, there's Paul Heatley, Gavin White, Jordan Owens, and then Jordan Forsyth and behind him and stuff. They he got a good goal too. A very, very good finish. So it was. Um, don't think he got enough credit for it. He's about 25 yards out and he side fits it right in the bottom corner. It's a great finish. They have the right players in the right positions. And... Uh, they're bringing in the right players too, so they're a very, very tough team to beat. Mm. Arsenal, Glenavon 2. Glenavon uh, stay third, and it was feisty as well. 
Three yeah. sent off, yeah, including sent Gary off. Hamilton for throwing a chair. Oh dear. <laughs> and one player from each side. Yeah, I know Doyle was sent off in the first half for, for Glen Avon, so you know, they had to play with 10 men for I think more than half an hour, but they, they hung in there and they, they managed to get the two goals in the second half. And It's a good win for Glen Avon, but we expected them to go to the yards and get all three points. Uh, once again, uh, Mark Sykes of Glen Avon. Yeah. He scored. Great game. And... Uh, the spies are circling, cross-channel spies. They, they would be, Jackie, because he's, he's, he's obviously got tremendous ability. He's getting a sustained run in the team now this season, but he's playing well week in, week out. And I think when scouts are looking at that, for young, for young players, it's about, you know, they've obviously got the talent, but it's about that consistency. He's now got that consistency in his game, and he's playing fantastic for Glenavon, and there's no surprise that people are looking at him. Brad, you would know Mark. He's a big talent. Yes, I played with him at Northern Ireland Schoolboys as well. He's a he's an unbelievable player. <coughs> I would like to put it. Um, he's got everything in his locker. He can track back defensively. He can go forward. He can head the ball. I just think he's a great player, and all the scouts coming over to watch him is well deserved. Mm. Uh, how do you rate Glenavon? Glenavon again. Uh, they were like us the last couple of years. They've been having young players, but now the young players are experienced. Mm. and they're a very tough team to beat. Uh, they went down to 10 men against us at their place, um, but to be honest, they were the better team. They have that fight and hunger, and uh, Gary Hamilton's got them set up very well this season, and again, they're another tough team to beat. Mm. Okay, it's another loss for ours, but I think they'll be okay, Paul. They keep showing flashes. I think ours will be, be okay. I think you know, when ours start the season, the, the, big, the key thing for ours for me is you know, staying in the league staying out of that bottom two, which, which is where they are at this moment in time, and maybe having a good run in the Cups, and they've, they've done that so far, so mm. it's not bad for ours, but you know, it's, they're, ne they're never going to beat the top six teams, I don't think. Those games are always going to be difficult for them, yeah. but they've got to try and win those games around the bottom again. And, but that was another tough game from on Saturday, and you know, Glen Avon, we expected them to win there. Yeah, I've seen them a, a few times, uh, particularly at Ballamina, and I have to say that young Jonah Mitchell, yeah. Continues to impress. Him just I think he might have a big future yeah. as well. Yeah. You like him, Brad? Yeah, a couple of weeks ago um, I watched Ard's reserves against Korean reserves, and he was the standout player for me on that yeah. pitch. And then I've seen him a couple of times uh, making his appearances uh, for Ard's first team, and I think he's a, a big, big future ahead of yeah, him. You can see a yeah. pass Always a good sign. Right, one point one, Cliffville three. The Reds roll on. <laughs> Yeah, they're, they're still going really well, Jackie. They're on a tremendous run. And again, it's a game where you'd expect them to go and win. And the, the goals from, from uh, Joe Gormley and the, the two Donnelly brothers amongst the goals. So yeah, the three big men scored on yeah, Saturday. They're, they're really formidable. and you know, But they've got a tough run of fixtures coming up in the next four or five weeks. Cliff mm. they're playing against all the top teams. So the next few weeks will really tell a tale for them. But they'll be going into all those games for the conference, such as a great run they're on. But Brad Cliffmore, 10 wins in their last 11, that's a big statement. Yeah, I think at the start of the season they were struggling, um, as the manager said on Saturday. That well, he all was the new to them. Yeah, exactly. They were a new manager coming in, um, there was new signings and stuff. They weren't really working well together, but now they've clicked, and you can obviously see that with the stats and the amount of goals they're scoring. So, again, it'll be hard to stop Cliftonville. Yeah, Cliftonville are getting better. Ballymena United 2, Ballymallard 1. Three more points for United. They yeah. ease themselves up that table. And they're, they're getting closer to Glen Tor now to get into mm. the top six. Just one point Only away. one point behind, yeah. yeah. So you know, that, that'll be their, their target to try and get into the top six. And once they get there, then they'll be looking to move up the table. But you know, another good win for them and, and goal from, goals from Tony Kane and Cather Freel.
Yeah, Fredo, that was his 12th of the season. He's a big plus for them now that particularly McMurray's back. Yeah. They're a good partnership. Yeah, they're a good partnership. Last year they were you know, a big plus for, for Ballymena. We know they conceded a lot of the goals last season, but they also scored a load of goals, and those two guys were always amongst the goals for them. So if they can get them on the pitch as much as possible, they're always going to have a chance. And uh, sadly, Ballymallard, they're toiling. They fought well at Ballymena, but they're in trouble. They are in big trouble. They've only got five points out of all the games played, and you've really got to got a fear for them, they, they can't really seem to get a win from anywhere and their confidence must be just so low and it must be a difficult time for them but all they can do is just go into every game and just try and get something out of it and keep working hard and training, I'm sure that's what the manager's saying to them. Remember last week in the programme I said, when we were doing our doubles, I said maybe a draw wins your part. It ended, Linfield won, late goal, late-ish, Dungan Swift's nil and David Healy said after the game, they dug out a result. Yeah, and I think I mentioned in the show last week as well, Jackie, the only thing that might beat Linfield is, is maybe a bit of complacency. Maybe their attitude wasn't spot on going into that game against Dungannon because it's a game they're expected to win at home at Windsor Park. Yeah. But by all means, it was a very tight game and Dungannon went there and played pretty well and Andy Waterworth scored the goal for Linfield. It's, a, it's an important goal for them, important win. Yeah, and uh, David Healy was very enthusiastic about uh, a young striker who came on, Ryan Strain. It yeah. is Ryan Strain, isn't it? He's a I haven't seen him, but uh, he's a kid that's he been plays a lot goals. of people. Yeah, he's, he's been scoring a lot of goals for the for the Swifts, and they're they're doing well in their league, and they've obviously got into the Stephen Suns Cup final on Christmas morning. He's a kid that's been scoring goals for them, so a bright prospect, yeah. another one there for Linfield. And in Gannon, they were denied by the brilliance of Big Roy, Mr. Carl. He's he's still doing the business, you know. Over the course of the season, he's 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 always going to win Linfield points, and he did he did it again on Saturday. And as I say, it's an important win for the Blues because it keeps it all interesting in the top five. Yes, manager Macaree of Dungannon Rodney, he said that Big Roy brilliant. He's forty. He's brilliant. He he's worth fifteen points a yeah. season. That could be right. No doubt about it. Top goalkeeper. But uh, we'll not be writing Linfield off just yet. No, no, you can never write Linfield off. I don't think. Um, You've seen what happened last season. Again, they have a, a great, great squad, so if, mm. if players aren't doing it, Hilly's going to change it around and it won't, it won't make a difference because the players on the bench are as good as the players out in the pitch, so no, you can never rule out them, Phil. Mm. Right, let's take a look at the uh, Danske Bank Premiership table at this moment. There we are, Brad's team, Coleraine, 45 points from 18 games. Six points clear at the top. And then you look at Crusaders, Avon, 39 apiece. Cliffville, 37. Linfield, 36. Nine points separate the top five. So it will be a good race and uh, with a few twists and turns, I would think. And then, amazingly, we have, after Linfield, we have an 11-point gap to Glentorn in sixth place on 25 points. As we said, looking at the bottom six, Balamina have to within a point. They've uh, closed the gap in the top six. Ballymena, 24 points, Dungannon, 20. And then another seven-point gap to the last four. Ards, Warren Point, Carrick, and uh, Balnamallard trailing with five points at the bottom. So that's the look at the table. Now we look at this man, <laughs> Brad Lyons. <coughs> Tell me about the injury. It was against Linfield, I know. What exactly happened? Uh, there was a it was a free kick to us um, out in the right hand side of the pitch and uh, I'll say I scored before it so I think they were man marking me tight uh, 
for the next free kick, but the ball came in um, and I, I think I got a push or a trip in the back, uh, not deliberately or anything, but got a push or a trip in the back which sent me falling. Uh, so when I was falling, Roy Carl was coming out and uh, his keepers jumped up with their knee. Uh, he punched the ball, but then his knee smashed and collided in with my face at the same time. Yeah. D obviously it was painful, but uh, did you realise then, oh, this is a bad one? Um, I think the good part of the injury, I don't know if there is good part of the injury, but the good part of the injury is I don't remember anything from it. And I'm, I think I'm very thankful of that too, because I don't remember what happened until I watched it back a couple of days later and stuff. And I didn't, and feel, <laughs> I didn't feel any pain either on the pitch or even in hospital because I didn't know what happened. So it was sore after the operation and uh, the couple of days leading up to the operation, but that Saturday, that weekend, it was a good thing I don't remember it because there was no aftermath or you're probably more fiend out of it anyway. Yeah, the drugs, <laughs> the drugs were a good so part in exactly hospital. did they do? You were broken both sides? Um, yes, I fractured both cheekbones, uh, both attachments onto my nose and a couple of bones in my nose as well, which uh, the surgery was three plates and four screws was uh, put into my face just to keep everything in contact with each other. So you're built like a mechano yeah. like Terminator. <laughs> <laughs> and this here, is it working for you? Is it hampering you in any way? Um, the first couple of training sessions, <laughs> the first couple of training sessions uh, took a lot to get used to, but uh, it's made of carbon fibre. It's light around my face. I don't feel it anymore. Um, but it, it definitely works. Uh, I got a big collision on Saturday. Uh, went up for a header and I got a big collision straight on directly on my face. Uh, it was sore, but all the pressure was applied to the parts of my face are all all well and good. So mm. thankfully it does work. Thankfully I can be out there playing. Well, the fact that you went up for that type of ball and the fact that you went for the header to score was a very good header, powerful header. You're obviously not thinking about it. Mentally, you must be thinking, I'm okay. Yeah, it's, the doctor said I got a checkup appointment last week. Um, he says... You're all healed up. Uh, the mass will help extra as well, and you're coming back stronger than ever. So there's no point worrying about it. Um, if I was worrying about it, I'd probably make myself worse or not perform 100%. So from crossing that white line, all I'm thinking about is trying to win the game for Korean. You'll have it a few weeks yet, yeah. Yes, um, I think I was the check-up appointment this week. Uh, I have to wear it till the new year. Um, but it's good psychologically too because. If I wasn't wearing it then, the fear yes, would be yeah. in my head and stuff, and I might be timid going up for headers, but with the mask, I'm 100%. Never anything like this happened to you, Paul? Not like this, I've had loads of injuries, but uh, not. Chris Walker, you remember yeah, Chris Walker with that? Yeah, Chris Walker had, had the injury, I think he did it in the European game, fractured his cheekbone, and then they had a custom-made uh, mask for Big Chris, and he got it all coloured up in the Glenthorne colours, just to add to his character. <laughs> would have helped the look of Chris. <laughs> Only joking, Christopher. <laughs> How frustrating was it not playing? Uh, you must have thought, oh, I could be out for 12 weeks or something. The most frustrating part is going to away games. Uh, you're sitting on the bus. Obviously, you're having good crack with the lads and stuff on the bus, but they're all buzzing, getting switched on for the game. Yeah. And then you're sitting there uh, trying to mentally prepare yourself for a beasting session before the game. But that was another good part of the injury. Um, Yes, I fractured my face, but if I say I fractured a bone in my leg or something, it'd be seven weeks completely out of running and football. Whereas I fractured my face, so a week or two after my surgery, I was out training in the gym, out doing loads of running and stuff. 
because I wanted to so come back. So you kept my fitness sharper. going. Exactly, yeah, I kept that. my fitness How'd going. How did you feel Saturday having to play the 90 minutes? Okay. It was tough on Cork's pitch the last, I'm not going to lie, the last five, ten minutes. I, I was crimping up a wee bit, but uh, with all the training, Understandably, I, yeah. I felt good and sharp. I actually, to be honest, think uh, Oren, Trevor and Winky, they trained me hard every Tuesday and Thursday for the last four weeks. I think I'm back sharper and fitter than ever. Well, you looked at it on Saturday. Let's go back. Tell me about the early days. Was it always going to be football? Uh, it was yes, always going to be football. Um, I didn't know what level, at, but it was always going to be football. I came from a big football family. My eldest brother Stephen Lyons uh, played for Corian a couple of appearances too. Yeah. So I was always into the Irish league, watching Corian and watching him. Uh, but I had a tough time when I was younger too. I had injuries and uh, I'd interest from across the water, but my injuries held me back. And there was a period of time in my life that I didn't think football was for me around 15, 16, but. Thankfully, really? I got back on track and look where I am now. Playing for Around Green. that time, you played for the Northern Ireland uh, schoolboy team in the Victory Shield and did well. Yes, uh, we played uh, England, Scotland, uh, Wales and Republic Ireland and we drew two all with England, the first game in Eastleigh. And you scored? I came on and scored, yes, and uh, scored, also scored against Scotland. But that team we had was, was there's great Irish league players in it now. There's Lyndon Kane, Mark Sykes. Yeah. There's me, um, there's Ronan Hale that went across the water. Mm. There's a lot of good players in that team. There's Conor McDermott and Ben Doherty that are playing for Derry City as well. Mm. So it was a very strong team we had and we were unlucky not to win it, to be honest. Right. I didn't realise you spent about four years at Linfield. Yes. As, uh, a, as a boy. Yeah. I don't think the How Korean fans happen? are going to be happy now. Yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> but that, it was only a win. <laughs> How did that happen? Um... I played for Riada Balamani um, when I was younger, under 10 to under 12, um, and all my, all my youth career, like before under 10, but I was under 11, uh, David Chisholm for Linfield was the head scout, chief yeah. scout for them, and they asked me up to train, I went up to train, and at the end of the day, you can't turn down Linfield at that age, so I went and uh, played four years, Irvine, Irvine Woods was my manager for four or five years, and it was... It was it was great memories at Linfield, to be honest. Uh, we won a lot under that team as well, but it was great memories. Mm. Why did you leave then? Uh, I just, I don't think it was just, it wasn't just for me, uh, to be honest. I don't think it was the right career path for me to follow on because I was coming 15, 16, and uh, I don't think it was good enough to break into the Swiss and then straight into the first team. Yeah. So I wanted to go and try and break into the first team, hitting 18. And obviously Linfield, with their history and stuff, they don't have many players coming up from youth levels into the first team. So I wanted to join a team like Corian that bring in youth and try and get into the first but team. Before and then Corian, Berman, so. you were at Ballymoney? Yes, I was at Ballymoney from under 16 to under 18. Uh, I think that was at the time that I didn't know if football was for me. I wasn't really enjoying it. I had loads of injuries and stuff. But uh, thankfully, once I joined Ballymoney, uh, Andrew Law was my manager. And I really started enjoying it again. And I think that enjoyment made me play better. If you're not enjoying it, you're not playing well. But then I started enjoying it, started playing well. And then Corian came in from... Were you always hoping that Corian would come in? Oh, it's, it's not... I'm from Balmoney, but it was my hometown, hometown Irish League team. Yeah. I always supported them from no age. So I would, it was always a proud moment uh, when Corian came in for me. And I was, there was no question I was going to sign for them because they're my home Irish League team and it... 
as everyone dreams of playing for Man United and stuff like that, but my Irish league dream was for, for playing for Gorian, mm. and thankfully it's came true. And very quickly you went through the ranks there and became a first team player. Yeah, uh, I hit the ground running, I joined the Korean under 18s inside five or six months, uh, broke into the reserves and then I started scoring and playing well for reserves and Oren gave me my chance in pre-season three years ago and uh, made my debut against the Institute three years ago away from home and then it's no looking back from there. Oren's obviously a good judge of a player. He really is and, and you know there's there's obviously Brad's came through and you've got players like Lyndon Kane and Young Harkin. I like Lyndon, yeah. There's a lot of great young players at Cody. Like, he's like a 12-year-old, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, as you say, Oren is obviously great at spotting that young talent and, and, and then you've got to have the confidence to give them their opportunity and he's not been afraid to do that and he's given them time to find their feet. And, neither and he had his own problems, hadn't he? he? Yeah. Throwing these kids in and not getting results mm -hmm. and people wanting his head. Yeah. But the chairman stuck with him, and the rest is history. Here we are. Uh, because he's known the talent was there. It's always going to take time, Jackie, for for the players to to, to get that little bit of experience that they need to, to, to mould the team the way he wants to mould it. <coughs> Excuse me. So it's now coming to fruition for them, and all these young players are now becoming household names in the Irish League. Mm -hmm. How big an impact has Oren Kearney made in your career? Be Mass careful here. <laughs> Don't know where your contract. <laughs> no, massively. Um, as I say in every interview, uh, Oren Kearney has been there and done it. He's won everything in the Irish League. Um, and to be honest, uh, you can listen to him because he's had injuries, he's had his setbacks too, and it relates That's very, right. very well. A couple of bad ones. Exactly, a couple of very bad ones, which relates back to us boys around the chain room. If you get injured, uh, people can say, oh, you'll be back better and stronger. But they don't really know. But if it's coming from Oren, which has had them setbacks, but then kicked on and mm. won with Linfield. What a team Linfield had then too, and he was playing for them. So a massive impact and a big learning curve he's taught me. Mm. Would I be right in saying that one of your biggest disappointments would have been the Irish Cup final in May past? Yeah, it was in 3 0. <laughs> yeah. Sadly, Corian didn't really play. No, sadly enough, we didn't turn up that day. Um, Linfield were very good that day, but we just didn't turn up. But it was a bad day, yes, but what an experience. And uh, I think our sides kicked on from that, to be honest. The experience, we didn't realise it at the time because we were all hurt getting beat, but the experience we've uh, gained from that, their match, uh, has been massive because yeah. at the end of the day, we know how to see games out and stuff now. We know how much we want to win something and how much hurt we had that uh, after that game. You don't so want to feel that hurt again. Exactly, when we want to kick on and win something this season and uh, repay the fans because the fans that day were unbelievable. We didn't turn up, but they did. When you think of how they finished the season last year, yes, they failed. They finished third in the table, get into Europe. Mm -hmm. They failed in the Irish Cup final. They just seemed to freeze on the day, if that's the term. Uh, but they've started this season and uh, none of us should be surprised, really, how well they've done. No, because they're on a tremendous run right from the start of 2017, and that's just continued. And if you look at their form over the whole year, it's it's, it's phenomenal. It really is, and it just must be a great place to be at this moment in time to play your football. They're, but they really need to try and, as Brad said there, they had the disappointment of the Irish Cup. They really need to go and try and win something now. They'll want to play in Europe again because they've had a little taste for that. 
So they've just got to keep this momentum going that they've, they've got at this moment in time. And you know, they're, they're really good value to be top of the league at this moment in time. They're playing some great stuff. That's right. This Wayne is desperate to win silverware. Yeah, well, that's what it's all about, Jackie. Yeah. What about Cross Channel? Young Sykes is on the verge, maybe. You must have dreams of that. Oh, uh, it's still a dream and uh, a massive dream. It is uh, professional football, full-time football. It's out there for me, so I just have to kick on, um, start playing well consistently. As Paul says, that's a big, massive factor. You have to keep it going it week in, week out. And uh, hopefully I can do that and hopefully teams come start watching me. I'm sure Owen Kearney, when he knew you were coming here today, he said, if he asks you about the league, tell him nothing. <laughs> what about the league? Can the, you keep it going? Yeah, I think we can. We can keep it going. Um, we have a great bunch of lads. And to be honest, behind the scenes, the way we train every Tuesday and Thursday um, is the reason why we're doing it on a Saturday. If you've seen us training on a Tuesday and Thursday, we want to win between us as much as we do on a Saturday. And I think if you're not doing that every Tuesday and Thursday, then you can't do that on a Saturday. You can't switch on and off. You have to be constantly wanting to win. And I think that's coming across this season. Mm. And at the moment, you're living the dream. Exactly. It's <laughs> a great way to put it. We're living the dream. But there's no pressure on us whatsoever because we are living the dream. I've been at Corian three or four years. Three or four years ago, we were at the bottom six, and that's real pressure. Yeah. But living the dream is a, a great statement because there's no pressure. We're going out every game. We're enjoying our football. We have a great bunch of lads in the chain room, great coaching staff. So, yeah, enjoying it. I'll not ask you if you can win the title because <laughs> Oren wouldn't want it, would you? <laughs> anyway, thank you very much, Brad. Uh, we're going to look now at the fixtures for the weekend. And uh, odds by McLean's, of course. Coleraine, first, we look at. Uh, they are 2-7 to seven at home. Big favourites against... Dungannon, 17 to 2 Dungannon. Coleraine are always going to be favourites at, at home, Jackie, and they're, you know, they're, they're still on a, on a great run. They've only lost one, one game, so but it'll be, it won't be an easy game for them. It'll be another tight game because Dungannon went to Windsor last week and you know, gave them feel mm. a, a, a good banana game. skin. Yeah, mm. Dungannon play good football and they've got good players of their own, and you know, Coleraine have got to go in and you know, treat that game with, with respect mm. and, and be up for it. Warren Point at home to Crusaders. Warren Point, as you would expect, 12 to 1. And uh, Crusaders 2 to 13. I don't think there's uh, much doubt about the outcome there. I may put 13,000 on uh, Crusaders at 13 to 2. You could do that, 2 Jack. to 13, rather. <laughs> yeah, I think the fancy Crusaders there. Their away form is fantastic, and uh, they'll be looking to pick up all three points there. And there's a big game at Solitude. Cliftonville, 11 to 10. At home to Glenavon, seven to four. That's fourth against third. It's a big game, probably the game of the, the day, Jackie, and um, a big test for Cliftonville. You know they've been on a tremendous run, but they're now playing against one of the top sides in, in Glenavon. I have a feeling for Cliftonville this week. I, I just mm. fancy Cliftonville. Mm. They're on a good run there at home. You're not allowed to bet, but <laughs> who, who would you take in that one? That's a very very tough game. Um, <laughs> both teams have. Great firepower up top. Uh, Cliftonville of Rory Donnelly and Joe Gormley fire.